This is DZFE's Maestro Filipino, a focus for music with a connection to home. For this edition, I'm Daniel. While it is questionable if listening to Mozart really does make for smarter babies, what is certain is that exposing children to classical music does bear good fruit. A case in point, today's guest, soprano Kimi Adam. She tells us that she used to be exceedingly shy, and that she did not come from a family of classically trained musicians. However, she did listen to Aida as a child while riding their car, and this has instilled in her an unquenchable love for classical singing. She has since moved to the United States to take a pre-college course at Juilliard, and last year, she entered the competing ring and practically took it by storm. The last year or so for Adam has been an account of victory after victory. Adam tells us about some of her most memorable competitions, as well as what she has learned so far from Juilliard, and her reason for singing. To open, welcome soprano Kimi Adam and pianist Gabriel Rebola in Fernando Obrador's Del Cabello Masutil, a performance for the recent Schmidt Vocal Competition. singing i guess it was when i was just younger there's just something about music that i've been really drawn to ever since my dad would play arias in the car classical singing was just introduced to me i'm not the best (laughs) at some instruments but i do know my voice is something that i can control something Mm. i could carry around with me 
and it just feels good. My mom wanted to be a singer. Everyone in my family likes doing karaoke. <laughs> I mean, I might as well. In another interview, you mentioned that you were a shy kid, and it was your mother who actually got you training for singing. Tell us a little bit about that. I started doing a little singing in the room by myself. My mom would walk in and say, Kimmy, are you singing? And I would say, no, absolutely not. I will start crying if you say that to me again. <laughs> I don't know. She once approached me and she said if I wanted to take voice lessons. I was reluctant at first, uh -huh. but I said yes, eventually. And so we went to this one place. It just didn't fit, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went to a place that primarily did pop. Did not work out either, but I stayed there most of the time. And that kind of built my confidence because it was in a more public setting. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I went to a Philippine opera company. Sometimes in my lower, like, I don't want to sing anymore. But I guess my mom is my number one supporter because she always says, like, let's try one more time. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm like, okay, one more time. If it doesn't <laughs> work out, I will stop singing for the rest of my life and just sing karaoke. <laughs> Thanks to her support, I kept doing what I love to do. And I ended up growing this very deep-rooted love for singing. It's like oxygen to me. I could not live a day without it. I love, 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 love Mozart with a burning passion. I just love Mozart. I feel like his pieces sit very well in my voice. It feels very nice to sing. And I feel like if I had to pick a favorite genre, I would mostly pick around French Romantic era. I think French pieces have such a beautiful tone to it in regards to emotions. The way they wrote is so sweet. What was it about classical music that seemed more natural to you? I love all music genre. But I remember when I was younger, my dad would have a CD of the opera Aida and he would play it in the car and I would fall asleep to it. It just sounded so beautiful. It was so melodious and I would take that CD to school. It was different. At what point did you decide or did you realize that you were going to be a singer for life? I think it mostly started when I was still in the Philippine Opera Company. I did take voice lessons. They started me off with like little Broadway pieces, musical theater, and then slowly crept me into classical music. And I just fell in love with singing classical music from that point. And then when they started putting on little shows and little performances, the feeling of performing for these people made me realize this is something I would love to do for the rest of my life. I know singing is something I love to do, something I know I am good at. But the fact that I could sing and bring joy to other people makes me want to do this for the rest of my life. I am not the smartest in some subjects. But I remember arts being my favorite subject. And I remember asking my mom, what's a good arts school to go to? I was thinking that there is no math, no science. It's just art subjects every single day. She told me that Juilliard, and then I had to do some little research. And I'm like, okay, I want to go there because it's an art school. I didn't know it was abroad at that time. Eventually, it clicked, but I still kind of want to go there. And then the fact that I did want to pursue singing kind of stabilized the fact that I would like to go abroad because I felt as though I would gain more training, put my name out there, throw it out there, just share my talent. The older I got, I had more backups. Like, if this doesn't work out, but Julia was the main focal point for me because I had my eyes on it since I was such a young child. 
I am in the pre-college program. It's similar to that of the college program, but it's only once a week and it goes as long as high school is. So as long as I'm in high school, I will still be in the pre-college program. It should have the same structure of that as the college program, where it would give me my one-on-one -on -one lessons with my primary teacher, a vocal performance class in a performance setting, music theory and ear training classes, and diction classes. I have learned so much. I have learned that my technique at the time was horrible. But also, I feel like I've learned to grow as a person and grow as a performer. My current teacher at Juilliard, Miss Lorraine Nubar, she told me that you have improved so much. I remember your first year here, you would cry so much because I was very self-critical. But as I was still at Juilliard, that was also the time when COVID hit. And so we were virtual for one year. While we were virtual, I think I did a little bit of self-searching and I realized, you know, if people don't like me, then they don't like me. I could always improve. And I think that's what my teacher has been telling me this whole time is that I could always improve. As we came back in person, I've been more mature. My technique has developed more. And I think the fact that I've matured as a person and as a performer, it allowed my technique to be more stable, I guess in more solid, it's more solidified. And I feel like it's given me more of a connection to the pieces that I sing to make them more personal so that it doesn't feel more like I'm just singing for an audience. It feels more that I am telling a story to the audience. Thank you. 
soprano Kimi Adam and pianist Yeva Carucci performed De Vieni Non Tardar from Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's Le Nozze di Figaro. We turn now to the rest of our interview. You've also been competing quite a lot. When did you start building up your competition resume, as it were? I guess last year, I wasn't qualified yet because I was still in the process of getting my green card. But as of last year, when I finally got my green card, teachers were telling me, okay, now you have to do this competition, do that competition, get this competition done. And I think it was easier because most of them were just virtual. I just send a video. But I personally didn't like the virtual because it didn't feel authentic to me. I did do a lot of competitions because I wanted to get them all out of the way. I think I was just trying to stock up in my resume arsenal. I'd say one of my favorites was the Varminster competition because this is the first time I ever sung with a full orchestra. And it was one of the most magical experiences of my life. I joined this competition because this was recommended to me by the music director in my school currently, Miss Leia Kim. She was telling me how this would be a good experience for you and how you have to broaden your horizons and broaden your performance activities. I joined it. I told them that Miss Leia Kim is the music director in my school and they're like, oh, we know her. And I won, which is so wonderful because this is the first time I got to work with a conductor and to work with a full orchestra. And I sang the piece Vilia Lied from the operetta Die Lustige Witwe or The Merry Widow. This piece is one of my favorites of all time. I remember hearing this piece at the Philippine Opera Company performance Taint Opera, the one with all the operettas. That was the first time I've ever heard this piece. And I said to myself, when I'm older and I have the technique down, I will sing this piece. And, and here we are. Here we are. It's just such a beautiful piece. It's like a story within a story. In the operetta, she's telling the story of her hometown about a forest nymph, about a villa and how she fell in love with a hunter, yet she leaves the hunter. So it's kind of reflecting on her current situation in The Merry Widow. Beautiful, and as I say, I love telling stories. Another favorite would be the Schmidt competition, the Nationals, coming in June. But I'd say that was one of the most shocking to me because this was the competition that every single teacher at Juilliard and every other school that I know of, all of their students have to do it. It's a requirement at this point. This was such a heartwarming experience and such a humbling experience because I came there with the expectation that I will not win. I came there with the expectation that I'm going to sing. I'm just going to have a good time and enjoy it. And whatever happens, happens. I could do it again next year. So then I got there. And I did my performance. I was so happy. I got to sing for the mezzo-soprano Frederica von Stade, one of my favorite mezzos of all time. So I'm already humbled. I'm already so happy. I'm like, okay, I could go home now. And then the award ceremony came. And then they said, oh, you got Most Promising Sophomore Award. Okay, that's enough. Now we can all go home. I was really expecting my friend to get first place. But then when they said that the winner is Kimberly Alexandra Adam, I made the weirdest face. I had my eyes wide, my jaw dropped like this. I was like, huh? No, wrong person. We have the wrong person. I should be coming back next year. But that was one of the most wonderful experiences I've ever had in my whole life. I performed three pieces because the requirements are three pieces and seven minutes. 
So I pick Del Cabello Masutil by Fernando Obrador, Shavudua by Debussy, and Bati Bati Obel Mazeto. The first piece I sung was of my choice, so I sang Del Cabello, and then the judges would be the one to pick the next one, and then they picked Bati Bati. Final round, I sang the Chevaux de Bois, and then I ended with Del Cabello again. I picked these pieces because, one, I love them, and if I love them, the audience will love them, and I know this for a fact because it has never failed me once. The second reason I picked these pieces was I think they just all flow nicely with each other because Del Cabello is such a sweet piece about like admitting your love to someone and saying like how how I wish to braid your hair into a chain so I could keep you close to me how I wish to be the pitcher where you drink from so that I could kiss your lips it's such a beautiful confession of love I don't want to say the word sensual but it is a sensual sweet love and then the next piece was Chevaux de Bois which is totally opposite it's a fast-paced piece it describes the picture of a carousel at a carnival it's fast it's quick but then it just ever so slightly slows down towards the end and i think i love it when composers do that where they paint a picture with the music itself and then i picked bati bati because it's more like the middle ground because it's an aria and one must have an aria it has a storyline that is both romantic and cute and fun at the same time Another favorite actually was the crescendo competition which was the first time I got to sing and visit Carnegie Hall. I would say this is one of my favorite performances ever. It was such a weird experience too. I only had to sing one piece and I sang Achilles from The Magic Flute. I love Mozart. I picked this piece because this is actually the first time I learned the piece. My teacher likes the sound of it. My accompanist liked it, but I don't know. To me, I felt like it was still a little premature, but I still, because I'm like, you know, let's try it. Let's test it out. And surprisingly, the judges liked it. What lies in the future for Kimmy? She hopes to still be performing. <laughs> She will, because I am a very determined person who is not that easily swayed to give up her dream. I say this as I cry a lot. Classical is very personal to me. It keeps me close to that time when I was a young child to listen to Aida in the car. I think it keeps me close to that tie of me being a very shy person and then coming out of my shell. I still want to go to Juilliard because I've always wanted to go there since I was a young child. But if any school would like to reach out to me, wink wink. But I guess I would hope to go to Juilliard because this is a school I've always wanted to go to.
That was the Villiers from Franz Leia's Die Lustige Witwe, performed by today's guest, soprano Kimi Adam, and the Warminster Symphony Orchestra, conducted by Joseph Lovecchio. Earlier, we heard Adam and pianist Hieva Carucci in the De Vieni Non Tardar from Mozart's Le Nozze di Figaro, and with Gabriel Rebola in Fernando Obrador's Del Cabello Mas Sutil. The latter was performed for the recent Schmidt vocal competition. Adam sings again in the Schmidt finals, coming this June. Find more of her performances on the YouTube channel Kerima Adam. That is all for this Maestro Filipino, DZFE's weekly feature for fine music in our locale. Each episode airs Saturday at 4 in the afternoon, the following Monday, 12 midnight, and lastly, the next Thursday at noon. Maestro Filipino episodes are uploaded every week on our SoundCloud and Spotify channels. Once more, this is Daniel. Thank you for listening.